Okay, hello, and welcome to the extra late edition of the unofficial Hunter Hunter podcast. This is episode 24, take two. Um, we recorded last week, but we had a recorder issue on both sides, so that was unfortunate. Very unfortunate. It's like, we got recording software on my side and your side to be redundant just in case, <laughs> and still... Still, it screws us. Like, um, do we have to triple record now? But it luckily Diego is sick, so <laughs> yes, he is dying. We we knew thee well. Yeah, it, it's unfortunate. Um, if he ever listens to this, well, he probably won't because most likely he'll be dead. Yeah. But you know, it was entertaining doing the last twenty three episodes with you. Uh, made it about half a year before you died. That was nice. Yeah. Um. You know, rest in peace. May I are. imagine you regret not killing him yourself. Well, if I couldn't kill him, as long as it was painful and slow, I think I'll have to comfort myself with this. Yes. I'll remember him as he was an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we love you, Diego. You know, as much as we can. Yeah, as much as it's possible to love a yeah. person you've never met, and you probably never will. So... Because we are so far behind with <laughs> everything, um, obviously last week we would have recorded about chapter 337. There was no anime last week um, when we would have recorded, so there would have been nothing for that. But then, you know, the day after we usually record, which is Tuesday, chapter 338 came out, and we couldn't record this week because Diego was sick. Yep. So 339 came out. So now we've got three chapters to cover. We have an anime episode to cover. Um, we're not going to do the manga recap this week. Um, obviously, there's two of us. Mm-hmm. won't work nearly as well. I have one voice that could go somewhat higher and lower pitched. Mm-hmm. And Bullet Beast is talented, but not enough for the 40 characters that are in there. And we just read all that yeah. stuff last week. So, and, it's, and it's late, and... Foxy over here has a real job, ish yeah. at least. A nine know. to five, anyway. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna push that back to next week, when obviously we won't have a new manga chapter to discuss. So that will give us um, time, I guess, to cover more chapters than we normally do. And that'll give us enough time to gather the babies necessary to revive Diego. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> so episode twenty-one whose title, of course, I don't have because I never do. And this episode is after um, Satotsu has told, gone everything that's transpired since he blacked out, which includes um, Polkel getting a free pass into the next round um, because Killua didn't think he was good enough to fight. <laughs> it includes um, Kurupika and Hisoka having their match and Hisoka whispering to him then giving up. And it also includes the moment when Killua faces off against Kidaraka. Turns out to be his older brother, and then Killua jumps into the fight between Leorio and Podoro and kills Podoro, gets disqualified, and leaves. And so now Gon has burst into this room that looks a whole lot like a college classroom. Oh, and the episode is called Some Brother Trouble. Awesome. Yeah, we made a whole bunch of jokes about that, and I completely forgot. Oh, God, yes. There was a whole thing with that. So, 
he bursts in and he goes straight for Illumi who of course he calls Kidaraka first and like we read in the manga chapters a while back he accuses Illumi of not being worthy of being Killua's brother and I'm like this is a dude you've known for a month maybe oh you know what makes you think that you can judge who's worthy of doing what which is essentially what Illumi says is like I, I don't know I didn't know I had to qualify to be somebody's brother usually what happens is your parents have more sex and have another kid it's not really your fault in any way yeah because I mean like even though Illumi is a giant asshole like he is right in this sense it's like dude he's my brother because he is my brother yeah like chill out it's like I knew him first yes he is my little brother and I love him in my own way don't get in the middle of this but you know gone being the industrious main character he of course gets in the middle of it and he grabs Illumi by the arm and he tries to pick him up and slam him and it's kind of an awesome display of strength because I think mm-hmm. at this point you don't you didn't know that gone was that strong and he picks him up just to fling him but like Illumi just like effortlessly like flips over lands on his feet and the whole time, he, at one point, he stops talking to Illumi because, um, <laughs> oh, what's the name of the chairman? Netsuro. Netsuro comes out and he's like, okay, hold on, guys, calm yourselves. Kilua got disqualified because he broke the rules. Everyone here has not broken the rules. We're all hunters. We'd like to give you a speech on what you can do now as hunters. And like Gon's talking to him and, and everyone that, that's protesting um, Killua being disqualified and it, the whole time he's still squeezing Illumi's, ha- Illumi's arm and you can see like the veins popping out as he squeezes yes. harder. The detail on it is wonderful. I really like how he's uh, starting to almost lead him like how uh, a parent would do to a child like you know like where is the mess? <laughs> You know, just Gon's like, all right, lead me to Killua. You know what you did. <laughs> <laughs> and Lumi is, he seems to, obviously not on his face, he's not in pain, but judging by his arm and his arm's reactions to Gon's grip tightening, he's in quite a bit of pain. And, and this was actually the first time I ever noticed that the needles on his outfit are actually stabbing him. Oh, you never noticed that? <laughs> no, I never noticed that before. I was like, I thought they were just... You just figured just, he had, like, like, a super thick jacket? No, I just thought he had it, like, either stuck a little bit mm-hmm. in, but, like, you could actually see the indentations from where it's pushed all the way in. I was like, wow. Yeah. People in your family have a serious commitment to pain. Mm-hmm. I, I somehow wonder if that, um... If that keeps his form as it is, and if you pull those out, he'll look all very different. Well, maybe his like upper body shape would be different. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as we can tell, he doesn't have any more in his face. So yeah. I don't think his face would change. But like when the camera panned back and you could like see his whole body, like his legs are like sticks. Yes. I, I do not understand his proportions whatsoever. He is very much um, like a shoujo character that he is. So Kurapika protests that um, Illumi may have 
hypnotize Killua into killing Bodoro because they had this conversation and he left and he immediately came back out during the next fight and killed Bodoro and he's like Illumi may have planted the suggestion in his head and because Killua grew up as an assassin his ethics aren't the same as the rest of us so he may have thought nothing of killing him despite it being against the rules and Poco <laughs> poor Poco in uh, in his shining moment is like well if you want to talk about suggestion and things being unfair what about you and Hisoka's fight like obviously if someone says something to you it's common for the person being threatened to resign from the fight but it's really weird when the person who makes the threat resigns himself or herself and Kurapika's like yeah whatever dog Arf. Yeah, and he's like, oh, well, I think you should tell us. And Kerberg is like, excuse me, you don't gotta know nothing. And he's like, you weren't even good enough to fight. And and then Paco's like, aw, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and Leorio, um, he tries to give himself up as the person that should fail, uh, because it was his match that was interfered with, and Natero's just like, no dudes. Sit down, everybody here's a hunter. I'm going to let my little bean friend explain to you what you're capable of now, but you guys need to relax. What The decision that's made has been made. I've heard all of your protests. I've decided they mean nothing. We're going to move on. And, like, Gon changes his opinion so quickly. He's like, yeah, none of this matters because <laughs> Killua, if Killua retakes the test, which he's entitled to, he's going to pass. So I don't even care about this part. I just want to know where he is so we could go get him. And like, if I was watching this for the first time, I would have been like, really, dude? You made it seem like you cared about him passing the test or not. And now you're just like, oh, well, this person hurt his feelings, so now I have to go make sure he's okay. Mm-hmm. He's, I think Gon was just like, well, okay, I can't get him to pass, but at least let me get to him. So... Beans explains um, what the Hunter License is, that if you lose it, you don't get another one, so don't lose it. And it allows you into 90% of all countries that um, have strict immigration policies. It lets you use 95% of all public services for free, I assume. And of course, there's the, the Hunter Network that we've talked about, where they have access to more information than the average person. And after this explanation, they separate, and you see, um, I think Gon still goes after Lumi, and he demands to know where Kilova went. And he's like, no, if you really want to know, he went home. And Gon's like, well, where's home? He says, Kukuru Mountain, since, you know, you guys, and by this time, um, Leora and Kurupika have joined as well. If you guys want to, you could try and find our house, but I don't think you'll make it. And they get sort of excited at the prospect of knowing something about where he went, and they leave. And Soka shows up, and he's like, is it really okay to tell them exactly where you live? He's like, yeah, I mean, we're famous anyway. It's not like they can't find out if they googled. And he... He looks down at his arm and he's like, yeah, it's broken. I see why you're so interested in Gon. And he thinks to himself, yeah, but Gon's going to be a problem that I should probably get rid of. And like, without him saying anything, 
he like looks up and Ahsoka has like murder <laughs> face on. <laughs> he's like, no, do that. He's yes. And Ahsoka says, gone is my prey. He's like, yeah, I know you. I know what your tastes are like, even though we've probably only been friends for like a week. <laughs> I will not touch this. I promise. Yeah. Uh, I uh, seeing this scene again in the in the anime like twice over from the new and the old anime and reading the chapter <clears throat> makes me realize that in later chapters there is a parallel where the opposite happens between them. Where, oh yes, there is. Um, yes, where Hisoka turns it on him and threatens his brother. Yes, um, which is of course the person that Lumi is trying to raise. And you see Illumi turn murder face on Hisoka, and both of them kind of have the same reaction of, um, oh, shit, sorry, dude, mm-hmm. not serious, you know, don't worry about it. And he leaves, and Hisoka gets this really creepy, um, where it touches very much the vibe of the original voice of Hisoka. It's like, ah, oh, the, like the taste of ripe fruit or something, some junk like that. I love watching yes. a fruit ripen. Mm-hmm. And it's just like that brief, creepy Hisoka moment. And then it switches back to Gon Kurupik and Leorio trying to figure out how they're going to find out where Gukuro Mountain is. And Hanzo walks up. He's like, hey guys, I'm going back to Japan now because I'm a ninja. But if you ever want to talk to me, here are my business cards. And it's like, okay, ninja that carries business cards, <laughs> I guess. Uh, he leaves, and then you see uh, Poco come out. The Poco's like, you know what, Kurupiko, you're right. I was a dick. I'm sorry. Just, I was frustrated. That dude didn't think I was worthy of fighting. I, I didn't want to become a hunter without working for it. And he's like. I have this laptop here conveniently. So anything you guys want to look up, I'll look it up for you. It's like, to make to make up for being an asshole, I'm going to show off my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> so God asked to look up Jin Freaks, and um, Satosu overhears. And he looks up Jin, and he's like, whoa, who, who's this guy? Um, whoever he is, there are like secret CIA government locks in his information, and the, the locks have locks, and those locks have other locks. And an ordinary hunter like me can't bypass those locks just yet. It's like, whoever this dude is, I guess he's kind of awesome. And we're always like, dude, your dad is probably cool. And knowing what we know, sure. <laughs> and Poco's like, alright guys, if you need me, email me. And he leaves and they're like, oh fuck, right, you should have Kukuro Mountain, right? That would have been smart. Mm-hmm. And Kurapika reminds them, we're hunters. Um, these guys are not necessarily our friends just because they're also hunters. And we could be competing for the same thing at any time. So it's not wise to go around telling people what you're up to. And they all agree. It's like, besides, we're all, we're all pro hunters now. We can find out for ourselves. And you see Buhara and Menchi and Ipo, I think, all at the same time with Satotsu. And Satsutsu goes over to Gon, tells him about his experience with Jin and how awesome he is, because he spent money, his own money to restore ancient ruins and junk like that. And it's really cool that 
that got explained in the same episode as chapter the same week I'm sorry as chapter 338 came out where Jin himself explains his motivations for doing that same sort of thing um, which we're going to discuss in a few minutes but they have this this moment where Satoshi shares with Gon who's obviously desperate to know about his father about his own personal experience with Jin and Oh, then the episode sort of ended for me. Yeah, so after that, um, Satotsu, you know, he is talking about Jing. And uh, he was like, oh, well, um, gone. Hold up. Before you leave, there's something I'm going to tell you. And Gon's says, uh, what is it? And uh, Satotsu catches himself and he's, oh, um, nothing, nothing at all. Go ahead, man. And after that, that's when Kurapika, Leorio, and Gone they go on the internet. The weird hunter-hunter brain internet computer <laughs> lab. Um, the, the internet that was designed in, like, 1989. That <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so they go look it up, Cuckoo Mountain, and they list off stats about it, and about it being in the, the region of Padoka. Which is upside down South America. Yes. You know, like, oh, okay, cool. It's, you know, it's a stable country. We can go there. And uh, we should get there by airship, right? And he's like, oh, when should we leave? And everybody behind Kurpika, Leorio, and gone. They're like, yeah, let's go now. Because apparently you could just get tickets on demand to leave <laughs> right away to places. And Hunter Hunter Universe. And afterward, uh, they're in a they're they're in a taxi. I'm sorry, they're in a taxi cab in gridlock traffic, and you'll actually um, when it pans into the taxi, you'll see a little dog with uh, you'll see like a little Tagashi bobblehead awesome. statue in the taxi car. It's pretty awesome. Like the way Tagashi draws himself as a dog with glasses. In the bonga, yeah, he's actually a bobblehead in the car, which is pretty awesome. And so they're 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 talking about how they're going to be late for their flight, and afterward they're like, you know what, screw it, let's run, let's run there, and they decide to have a race, which I don't know why, but whatever. And I believe that is the end of the episode. So they're headed off for what sets itself up as a slightly atypical Rescue the Princess arc. I mean, obviously, having read the manga and watched the previous series, we know how it ends. Um, we've discussed it to some degree. Uh, again, for the new audience, this is your first opportunity to get a look at the Zoldic family, the famous clan of assassins, and you're going to see sort of the celebrity culture that exists alongside the family um, the economy around Kakura Mountain really seems to be built around them as a tourist attraction. So all of that is interesting. And then you also get to see some of the interactions between the different family members. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, right before the episode ends, uh, the scenery goes back to Satotsu and Menchi Buhara walk up to him alone. They're like, and they say, oh, geez, man, like, 
that was close. You almost let the cat out the bag. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I forgot. It's just gone. Like, he's just so inviting. Like, he just makes you want to help him in any way you can, even if you don't really know him. And it's like, I almost told him that the real uh, test isn't over yet. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, it's like, oh, my God, real test. What could that be? <laughs> you find out five episodes from now. <laughs> yeah. But we've gotten lead up to several things set up at once. Obviously, Isoka says earlier that he's just going to wait around um, for something. Um, we don't quite know what it is he's waiting for yet. Um, the instructors have hinted that the test isn't done just because they've gotten their hunter exam, their hunter licenses. And of course, they're going to rescue Killua from his family, which he apparently went willingly back to. But Gon doesn't accept Killua leaving because of the circumstances. And he's going to go there to drag him away from his family with his own two hands. Because that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if his family wasn't, you know, murderous sociopaths, maybe Gon would kind of be a dick here. Mm. But because they're all such horrible people, not so much. Yes. And the next uh, episode is called A Dangerous Watchdog. Awesome. Yes. So we are, I think we're done discussing. Yes. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to do super fast um, recap, because reading three chapters out would just make me tired. Um, recap of chapters 337, 338, and 339. Yeah. If you, obviously, if you, you're not caught up, I think I insulted you in the last episode. I would keep it up, but I'm kind of tired. So, so I'll, I'll insult you for her. You all suck. Catch up. Yeah, it makes it more interesting. So you could listen to the rest of the episode. Yes. The email address is hxhpodcast at gmail dot com. The website is hxhpodcast at work. Hx yeah. Hx this happens every time. Hxhpodcast.wordpress.com and Twitter is twitter.com slash hxhpodcast. So, until next time, you guys. See ya. Three thirty-seven, three thirty-eight, and three thirty-nine. Um, chapter three thirty-seven is called "Confession." Three thirty-eight is called "Up in the Trees," and three thirty-nine is called "Silence." So, when last we left Gone, he had a confrontation of sorts with Jin um, in the middle of the election. Um, 
he, when prompted to cast his vote, voted for Parastone because he didn't want Leoria to win because Leoria has to become a doctor. So everyone now feels at ease voting for Parastone, even though they shouldn't. And he wins, and then after he wins, Cheadle all looks like she wants to cry because everything <laughs> is ruined. Pariston uh, actually gets some tears in his eyes himself, and he's like, I was just screwing with the chairman one last time. You can have the um, the chairmanship, but if your organization gets boring, I will be back for your ass. So Jin and, and Gon have this conversation in the middle of everyone wanting to kill Jin um, for being a deadbeat dad. You know, it's like your son has gone through everything and you don't even want to talk to him. Like, that much is clear. And Jin says, he advises him on how to apologize to Kaito. So he says, you know, go off and do that and then come back and we can talk. Um, and then chapter 337 has nothing to do with Gon. It's some girl we've never met before and a koala that's vaguely familiar. Mm-hmm. And the koala is relating what's basically his double life story to this girl. Um, he's telling her about how he used to be a hitman when back when he was human. And he always thought that human beings were an existence slightly above insects. The only difference is that we have self-awareness and we think that that self-awareness makes us better automatically. But he didn't believe in the existence of things like souls and stuff like that. He believed that we lived and then we died and then the cycle repeated itself. And he died and he was reborn as this as a chimera ant and that's when he realized the existence of souls. He realized that um, really at the end of the day humanity is this um, infinitesimally small thing but that soul contains so much power uh, because he was he was able to be reborn as a chimera ant when very many people died and sort of left the cycle and he's he's telling her the story of how he he and several other ants were chasing this one girl and he had a thought as they were following that the, the guys that were with him we're going to do horrible things to this girl, from which obviously she would never recover. Um, at the end of it, they would kill her. And if she was unlucky, she would be reborn as an ant. And he decided that he was going to save this girl by killing her. And he, he realizes now, as he's relating the story back to a girl that shares the same face, who may or may not have been reborn um, as an ant, that I was wrong and that I shot her you because I was a coward and I was afraid of the consequences if I if I'd done what I knew would have been right, which was to shoot these other two ants that were going after the girl. And the the girl finally speaks up and says, Well, if you believe that and you really want to make it up to me, then never leave my side. Um spend the rest of your existence looking into the eyes of the person that you killed. And after he sort of agrees, you see a person who looks exactly like Kaito walk in and say, oh, hey, Kaito, um, there's someone here to see you. And then Gon finally comes in and he's doing that 
nasty like boo-boo cry he's like i'm so sorry i caused you to die and he's like come on gone i'm sorry too i mean obviously i was terrible if i died and Mm -hmm. you almost died and considering that that you helped to defeat the person that killed me you can't say that you were useless and gone replies yeah but um my friends had to almost give their lives to bring me back so i'm not standing here on my own strength and kaito's like well if you know that then you know what you have to do and gone's like yeah still i'm sorry for everything and kaito realizes that you know I lost, so I need more training too, and maybe we both can get stronger and meet up with each other again. And Gon's like, yeah, so I guess peace out, Kaito. Uh, I gotta go back and meet Jin, and and he goes back to the Hunter Organization headquarters, and Jin, of course, is gone. And he's left a note that says, um, I'll meet you at the top of the world tree. Little crude drawing. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> which moves us into 338 up in the trees so apparently Alaka's not a secret guess not and the only reason why he told Gordio not to tell Gon that he was the one who saved Gon's life is because he wanted to make Gon feel guilty about it or because he didn't want the other people to know about Alaka's power mm-hmm. so apparently what this whole ordeal has done is given Kilo exactly what he wanted now he has the temporary freedom to travel the world um, alongside Alaka and give her, him, them the uh, the opportunity to see the outside world and what it was like because Alaka's been imprisoned since roughly the age of four and being roughly ten or eleven, there's a lot that Alaka's not seen and Killua introduces Gon to Nanika as well and they kind of make an agreement to do their own thing for a while but if they need each other they'll holler back and meet up and all of that and it was kind of like it reminded me of my problems with this arc in particular where it seemed like there was a lot of tension and a lot of build up that went nowhere Yeah, and maybe it's because this is a setup arc and the, the second it's the second half of an arc that had a whole lot of tension that went places. And this is sort of a setup arc for what's established in this in these two chapters as to what's going to come next, hopefully. Yeah, I was a bit disappointed because it, it seemed like the way Killua was talking about Gon when Gon was unconscious, uh, like in his comatose state, like, it seemed like when Gon came back, they were going to, you know, have at it with words. Yeah, and it's just like... And it was just like, I'm sorry, okay, bros forever. All right, like, bye. Gon woke up, realized, okay, when, when the two of us were together, I was being a dick. I'm sorry for saying like, you don't have the capacity to feel for anybody. I mean, clearly I could see that you love your little sister, um, all of that. And Kilo's just like, yeah, you apologized already with, you know, no problem with guilting you into apologizing again. And Nanika Alaka um, says that, you know, come back and play with my brother again. Um, but one of them, I'm not sure if it was Kilo or Alaka, says that Gon is number two. 
after Alaka slash Nanika. And then they part ways. And it's just like... Uh, and this is after Killua explains, you know, what been hinting it's been hinting at for the past few chapters that Alaka is basically a genie that grants only him all of his wishes. Is there are there are no consequences to anything he wants. Obviously for other people there are consequences and it, it's probably because Nanika likes him, um, as a brother. Mm-hmm. It's it sort of reminded me of, um, and it's only because I watch Invader Zim all the time, but there's an episode where um, Dib has a magic spell that grants you the powers of the Shadow Hog. And he wants to use it, but he wants to know what it does first. And he casts it on his sister. And then the rest of the time, he is trying to find, trying desperately to find a cure. Um, because he's guilty for what he's done to his sister. And that reminded me a lot of this situation. Obviously, we don't know where Nanika came from. Uh, we know that Killua seems to bear the brunt of the responsibility for Nanika and has the most in-depth understanding of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what planted the idea in my head a long time ago, that Killua may have been directly responsible um, for this May not have been at all, but he behaves as though he is. So, or at least for um, why she's imprisoned, like he feels responsible for that because he doesn't want to tell his parents the true, the true, or the true um, abilities of her powers, like the stipulations as far as himself go, because he doesn't want. He probably felt that his parents were going to exploit it in some way. But at the same time, he didn't want her to be you know, sealed away. It's, it, it's like, he, obviously, if his brother knew, I, I don't know if his parents were going to be as bad as his brother. Um, because uh, despite how weird they act uh, in terms of normal family relationships, at the end of the day, um, it's still this kid's parents. Yeah. And they're rich as fuck. Like, they don't really... Yeah, they don't need... And they have family. Like, they don't really need too much. They're just making money to make money because that's their their family. That's their profession. And it's clear that they value family above everything else. And what you did by by withholding this information from your parents is basically you let them believe that their kid is a monster, right? Mm -hmm. Then you got mad at them for treating their kid like a monster, when they didn't have all of that information. And I think it's it, it's due to what happens when your lead characters are kids. Mm. Um, no matter how smart they are, at the end of the day, they're going to think like kids. And he sees his parents treating his sister unfairly and lashes out as parents and, of course, feels um, negatively towards his parents. And I feel like they haven't shown us yet a a rationale for that behavior i mean obviously his mother is a bit of a a sociopath because she killed a bunch of people until she believed that what they said was true but you you don't see her like outrightly take any negative action towards her children um you don't see it with the father either but illumi we all know is prone to harm family members if he needs to um, he's been controlling Killua for a very long time, and now that he knows, this is really this is the only person that you really need to keep the information from in the family. Now that he knows um, 
Alaka and Nanika can be controlled through Killua because Killua is the only one who can make wishes without any negative impact. That now he might think again to make Killua his puppet, but this time 100% where Killua has um, no free will. And obviously that's a horrible fate for Killua. But would it really be as bad of a fate for Alaka as he makes it out to seem? Um, we don't know. Maybe he's more afraid for himself than he is for his little sister. Yeah. Because again, he's a, a little guy. He may be motivated more um, by selfishness than altruism, as he seems. Um, and again, it, it's all of these issues that made me be like, oh, so they're back to the way they were before any of this happened. Okay, except now he has a little sister as a sidekick. Okay. So, Gon goes to this tree, finally. And the the guy at the, the base of the tree, who sells the tickets to climb up, I guess, yes. says, um, okay, little dude, this is the, the tallest tree in the world. None of the buildings um, that we've ever been able to build have been as tall as, as this tree. And lots of people come every year to climb it. Um, the majority of the people don't make it to the top. They take the elevator down or they have to get rescued. And you have some people that fall to their deaths. Um, obviously, a lot of people give up on the way. He's like, but you need to be 18 to ride this ride. And then Gon shows his tonsil license. He's like, oh, oh, I realize they're giving it out to kids now. Okay, sure. He's like, oh, damn, my bad. You're a hunter. Crap. Go ahead and climb up then. Um, but be warned, you know, most people get tired before they get to the top. So just push the elevator button for a couple of minutes and we'll find you. And Gon's like, yeah, yeah, all right, later. And then he and like... Then the turban dude uh, who's selling everything just tries to keep going on his little rant about how dangerous it is. And he looks he looks around and Gon is already gone. He's already because he's gone. Yeah, he's already like one fourth of the way up the tree, and he he climbs, and it took him about twenty minutes to get to the top. He gets up there, and Jin is up there eating something with four Elizabeths in the nest, and Gon has an inner monologue about how awesome the tree is. Like he he doesn't feel like you might if you were if you're climbing a tree that you know the branches may give way. Or you may put your foot in something that you think is a groove, but it's not really one, and you slip. He's like, he, he feels as though he could trust the tree all the way up to the top. So, bounces up. He meets Jin. Jin gives him something to eat. He's like, dude, you're late. I get that, you know, this is your first time climbing this tree, but you really should be better than this. And <laughs> then the two of them sort of get engaged in this philosophical conversation where gone asked him you know what did you want in life like why did you leave to become a hunter and he's like i wanted to become a hunter because i wanted to grasp at something and being where i was in the world i would not have been able to do it and the only thing that could get me close was becoming a hunter and he wanted to investigate ruins just like Sutotsu was saying and he he met up with all of these people because of his personality and because he was such a young hunter. He met up with a whole bunch of people that were older than him and they they freely gave him information. They freely gave him money even though they didn't have a lot of it. And they they joined up with him, you know, in pursuit of this common goal. And he said that 
sort of like he didn't care as much about what he was discovering as he cared about when they finally got there and he turned back and he saw the looks on these people's faces that went on the whole journey with him. And he's like, you know, that's the thing that that's most awesome about what I've done. Like having other people basically donate their lives to me and us being able to all be happy together uh, when our hard work finally paid off. And then Gon asks him, okay, you know, he's like, okay, that's kind of cool. But what do you want to do now? And he's like, now? Well, you're still kind of young, so I'm going to need to take a little while to explain this to you. I love that the two of them, they look like they're just about the same age. Yeah. <laughs> Except Jin has, like, a beard that doesn't want to grow. Mm-hmm. So he's like, okay, what did they tell you about the tree down there? And he's like, it's the world's tallest tree. It's um, 1,784 meters. And, and Jin's like, okay, that's kind of true. But the truth is that this is a, a young tree that stopped growing up at that, that level because there were um, not enough nutrients for it to get any bigger. And he says that a real world tree would put its roots on a mountain range and it would um, take in magma from the Earth's core and go into the atmosphere and continue to grow, I guess, out into space. Um, I think it would become a, eleva- a space elevator, I think is what he's, what he's trying to say. Mm-hmm. And you could then use that tree to get to the outside. And his whole notion of the outside, um, he explains it, you know, there's a world map that you know of, and then there's things that come from beyond that place. And he says... The truth is that the chimera ants, I think, which we were, I don't know if we were joking about it, um, yes. or, or we Se- were serious. Several times we were always joking about, st- like, the, f- the final frontier of Hunter Hunter is space. And he says that, he, of course he says it in terms a kid could get, but he says that the ants were essentially aliens that came down here. And then when you guys read this chapter, because I didn't read it until today, I made a joke that um, Gon is basically Moses um, from Attack the Block. A female that was sort of injured came down to Earth to reproduce and then ton more ants. But he says that this is the reality that we, we didn't teach you in school. That you know, the average person doesn't want to see or touch Pandora's box, but there's a whole lot more to history and to our world than what we know of. And he says that, and you see this big like panoramic picture of, I guess, the Earth's history. Space or something? It's like dinosaurs, the Loch Ness Monster, um, I don't know. Other creatures. These guys are supposed to be titans. Um, it's an earthquake somewhere, I guess a world tree. Looks like Noah's Ark is in the back there. <laughs> yeah. Um, a zombie also is there coming out Giant of the Giant buffalo monsters. I wish I could remember the name of this creature, but it's it's not a dragon, but it looks like humanoid. Sea serpent? No, no, no. Um, behind the tree, to the left, there's a flying creature with a long oh, tail. Oh, um... But the body is hunched over like it's humanoid. 
It's like I know the name for it, but I can't remember. But it's not a Drake, is it? I don't know. Oh. But he says that the chosen ones from a certain era, era in a certain place, which I'm going to assume is Mexico um, or South America, because it looks very, I don't know, Mayan or Incan or something. The wall drawings in, in this corner. Um, he says that they have records of when they went to the outside. And he says that this is the something that I want to grasp that I can't see. And it it is the experience that they had um, when they went to space, apparently. Was the word you were looking for wyvern? Maybe. Okay. So Jin wants to be an astronaut, which is cool. Yeah. There's a lot of kids that grow up wanting to be an astronaut. So in chapter 339, Silence. Oh, but yeah, um, mm-hmm. for 338... So I think Jin Jing just told the story of how he founded the space program, <laughs> the Hunter Hunter space program. <laughs> uh, is he he goes into it a little bit more in three thirty nine as to why he hasn't gone into space yet, um, but he clearly wants to. And they're sitting on the on a corner of this nest, and you see the mother bird thing um, come down with a giant fish, and it says something more important than what you desire is probably. Um, rolling around over there, which I guess is in space. This is the heart that Gon will inherit. And then the really good thing is that no more words. Uh, Jin and Gon seem to reach an understanding in terms of that philosophical discussion. And um, Gon returns Jin's hunter card. And then Jin throws it off the world tree. Because why? It's like, wait. It's like, don't you need that for Hunter stuff? Yeah. And I guess he doesn't. Not at all, because he's famous. Well, maybe that's why he lives like a bub, because he's only lost his card, and now he can't have all his Hunter stuff. So, the next page we get to see is um, Mito. She goes out to meet the postman, and then Bauchikawa plays in the background. <laughs> yes. And then she pays him. And then after she pays him with services... Uh, she gets a postcard um, from Gon, which I guess is saying he's okay. He's posing in front of something. I have no idea what that and, is. Like you see that Mito is wearing like Crocs. super horrible backwards version of Crocs. Yeah, her feet god. are left, right, inverted. So horrible! Oh god! Like Crocs are bad, but then there's those. So, um, Gon obviously sent Mito some money mm-hmm. to take care of expenses, I guess. And Nov and Morale meet each other, and I guess the bounty for the ants is split the following way. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't know how that makes sense, but. Yeah, it's like, wait, a thousand? Versus, like, Knuckle and Shoot. Get a hundred thousand each, and it's like, no, 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 wait. Knuckle, shoot, palm, Killua, and gone. Either all split a million or they get a million each. Mm-hmm. And once they figured that out, they order a really expensive bottle of wine <laughs> one million, one hundred thousand, Jenny. They're like, okay, sweet. Let's drink to the chairman. So, what is the 5012 supposed to be? I have no idea. I'm like it might be 
the vintage. That might be how old Perhaps. he is. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! So like to celebrate him, let's buy wine as old as him. Oh, that would actually be pretty awesome. That that's a cool idea, but I'm like, is he five thousand and twelve? Maybe. That's... I mean, I guess it makes sense almost. Maybe that's when it was made. Yeah. The year, or maybe maybe uh, Netero just always had his always had his eye on it. Never got to drink it, perhaps. Possibly, or it was his favorite number. Mm-hmm. Who knows? So the next page is um. Gone getting to see this flock of migrating birds, and he's apparently excited about that because you know he loves animals and junk. And then we see what I assume is a silhouette of the ants because the koala dude's there, and something that looks like gone. Yeah, that that scares me. Confusing because like the the boots are are spot on in the hair, and um, I guess this is the kid that looks like Kaito. Um, the one that everyone thought was Reina. Because um, that's the hat, definitely. Mm-hmm. Somebody has an afro. There's somebody that looks like Satotsu. Um, the hair. Mm-hmm. There's someone that looks like um, Melody. From the back. Because Melody is really short and has long hair. Oh, that's what you thought of. Like, I was thinking mm-hmm. that looks like a very small Lumi silhouette. Okay. Um, but there's a kid off to the left... I don't know who that is supposed to be. I assume this is Gyro in the middle. Mm-hmm. And one I of guess. them is probably the actual Kaito. Mm-hmm. I, probably the short one. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I guess, yeah. It was, like, recently born, so... Even though it looked way taller. Yeah. But it was sitting, but... Well, damn Yutagashi. it is taller than the... Um, the koala dude, so mm-hmm. I guess that's fair. Yeah. And then very far off to the right, um, only six people will get this reference, but it reminds me of Adamai's hat at the far right. <laughs> yes. So they're, I guess they're fun. also watching birds, or they're watching something get murdered in midair, I can't tell. Yeah, like that is mad confusing because that looks like like a giant supernova explosion right in the middle and then things dying around it. It seems like everybody is watching this, though. Um, mm-hmm. Because next we get Shoot is finally awake. Um, Knuckle is in his bed for some reason. They're both on a laptop. And then you have Palm, the chameleon dude, and the octopus guy. Um, they're all also watching this thing. Which I guess... Like I don't know, I don't know why Octopus dude could like just scoot over to the damn. I know, so lazy. He's like, he's like, screw this. I'm gonna watch it on my iPad. It's like I bought this tablet. I will use it. Damn it. <laughs> but he's still looking back at their screen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it has to be some sort of event that we were not paying attention to. Mm-hmm. Like I have no idea. I don't know. It's like. Like, super swarm of birds. Is um, Alka and Kilowar are watching it. Miura is watching it. His wallpaper is apparently the same picture that Mito got from Gone. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of creepy. Yeah. Then you see... Um, what... I'm telling you, man. Leoria's hitting that. <laughs> <laughs> then you see uh, what I assume is um, Yorkshin. Um, because it's obviously very different. Um, high it's rises. Like bridging, bridging cards together. Yeah, 
Uh, it, it's like skyscrapers, and then it pulls into what looks like an abandoned warehouse in the middle of nowhere. Uh, and somebody's playing with cards. Then you see this blonde kid with a weird nose sitting there. I was like, why is why have Paristone's suit suddenly became less flashy? It's like, oh, mm-hmm. right, when I flip over to the next page. Oh, that's clearly Kurapika. Yes. So he's in church. This is weird. The weirdest surroundings for him, because it's like he's all mafiaed up, and there's like mm-hmm. just shrine with Santa Maria and shit everywhere. It's like <laughs> it's all sorts of candles. And it looks like scrolls on this altar. Mm-hmm. And like he said, the Virgin Mary, and then it just like cuts away. Like you have no idea what's going on with him, other than you know we assume he's he's become the head of the Lestrade clan. Clearly, that dude is dead because he was like freaking out, and he's become useless to everyone. <laughs> yeah, I think he he committed suicide. Not entirely sure, yeah. but okay. now we're back to Kikuro Mountain, and there's um, I always forget this girl's name. Um, obviously not Canary, the other one. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, but I have also forgotten. So, she's thinking about Killua. Um, is he going to be here? They're at Goto's grave, we assume. Canary says no. Then and then Goto. Goto shows up. Rue's like, what? The fuck? You're dead. And and I was like, but you're dead. And then it turns into um, the sun fox beast from that arc way back when mm-hmm. and everyone's so like it seems like they're they've hired him to like look to basically be goto because i don't think Killua ever yeah. got to know that goto died and you can and it does make sense that they're doing that because that is the tiniest gravestone little secret yeah. gravestone area ever yeah, it seems like it's off on the corner of the property, which, you know, mm-hmm. seeing how big their property is, that's entirely possible. Yeah. So next we go out into the desert. And I was looking at this, and I'm like, why are they um, in a garage somewhere? And I don't, I, I don't know why I started thinking about... I think it's because we previously saw Kakura Mountain, but I was thinking about the corridors that you had to go down to to get to where Alaka was. Mm-hmm. So I was wholly unprepared for the next page. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay. Like, it looked like an apartment to me. And then we see, like, a, a row of houses. And it's like the camera is going down the stairs in this one particular house. And then you see something on the floor. Door slightly open. And then when you go all the way down, it's like a skinny... Um, worn out human hand inside an alien hand with two of um, the game pieces on the ground and I was just like Togashi I did not care about the last um, the previous chapter that much then all of a sudden you just stabbed me in the chest for no reason mm-hmm. it's like we already know they're dead you didn't have to come back and prove to us that they're dead that they're dead and no one even cleaned up the bodies. I'm so serious. Like the husband. Like thanks, dude. It's like it, it. It's kind of like I'm hoping. I know it won't happen because I don't even really understand how the the mechanics of becoming a chimera ant works. Um, but the, the same way that the guy was the koala was talking about souls, and how when you die. I guess you go into this nothingness and 
the unlucky people get reborn, uh, and the lucky people, I guess, either cease to exist, or they get taken to some other plane of existence. Um, whether you would think of that as a, a heaven or a hell is up to you. Um, what some of us that got killed by Chimera Ants, obviously, we came back as Chimera Ants. Mm-hmm. Um, clearly, they got killed by a nuke. Um, yep. But, you know, one could still wish that they reincarnate somewhere and meet each other again. That would be nice. Um, obviously, it won't happen because the series is not nice to people. Nope. Like Pokal. <laughs> oh, Pokal. Although Pokal may be back. Um, because he Yeah, yeah, maybe he got reincarnated. Because he was a hunter and they seem to be more persistent if, mm-hmm. if Kaito is anything to go by. Yeah, I think they pretty much ended up ended up saying in one of the arcs that it's like, pretty much if you knew how to use Nen, you were reborn as an ant. Or, even if you didn't know, but if you were a, a particular sort of genius, um, mm-hmm. like they mentioned when we were going over the, the chapters, the guy that was um, appraising items for them, that he didn't know how to use Nen, but he was basically using Nen to determine what everything was, because mm-hmm. he's that good at his job that his talent is a kind of Nen. So people like that probably would have reincarnated because they have something they need to do. Uh, I mean, obviously, these two people were happy in their in their death to some degree. So yeah. maybe they're done. Uh, he was clearly an alien from outer space. Yeah. And then we get a um, little caption at the end that says, The details of the orders given from the Zodiacs are... We don't know. Any any guesses on what those orders are? Like, I don't know, because are these orders, like, left behind from Tarot? Are these orders from Cheadle? Is, yeah. I figure Cheadle is going to get rid of most of them. Mm-hmm. Probably most especially the tiger guy. Yeah, they, they're, they're going to put him back in sanitation. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, we've played this game long enough. Like, Maybe I order I order you all to get real hunter jobs and to get uh, surgery to turn yourselves into humans again. Yeah, it's like this was this was a stupid plan. Jin and Parastone were right. We all look dumb. And they're gonna be like, Well what about you? It's like shut up, I love being a dog. I love the way I talk. Don't 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 mess with me. Um, I think they're gonna be ordered to investigate where the ants came from. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, Jin says here that they're aliens and they came from outside of our reality. Yeah. But where exactly are there more of them? Because she, like like we said, when she first showed up, the queen, that is, she seemed beat up as though she'd been involved in a conflict. Um, yeah. It's possible that she was either the last of her kind or it, it was a, a conflict between two queens over territory and she's like screw that you know i'm gonna give birth to the the stallion that's gonna mount the world so Mm -hmm. i I need to leave um 
obviously Jin has, I guess he has every intention of investigating that. He, he's built up a rapport with people that have information and it seems like they're freely willing to give it to him, which was how he knew that Paristone was keeping the eggs of the Chimera ants and that they were about to hatch. Yeah. So I'm wondering if the orders are like, uh, you know, like first mission into space for investigative purposes. Uh, let me see if I could find um, what he says about the the rules for going mm-hmm. into space. Um, I know one of them is you need permission. Yeah. Um, let's do. Where did that go? Oh no! What happened to that? Because was... there is. Maybe it's three thirty-eight. I'm looking back, and it doesn't seem like it is. Hmm. But I just went. Like, did we dream this up? I just went through three thirty-nine. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember there being any. Like I read it. Tonight. Oh, it was on the first page. Okay. Oh. That's why okay. I completely ignored the first page. He says yes. that there are many things you need to go to the outside. Um, minimum four things. Permission, route, qualification, and negotiation. Um, Jin says he, he doesn't have even one, but he's not in a hurry. He's enjoying his journey. So if your path is the same as mine, enjoy your journey as much as you can. I mean, like, obviously, Gon is a, a very um, curious kid. If you tell him, hey, there's a world out there, and there are all sorts of creatures that we haven't discovered yet, obviously he's going to want to go to space, too. Yep. And it kind of feels like either he's going to follow exactly in his father's footsteps or he's going to end up, provided something that terrible happens to Jin, he's going to be the person that has to carry out his father's wishes. Yeah. So we could be looking at that as a sort of future. I mean, I don't know what could come up next and kill Jin other than back child support. <laughs> yeah. I'm wondering if um, these qualifications, if they can be translated further. Because now now we don't have um, multiple sources of translations. We'll have to wait for volume release. Yeah, for volume release. But I I do believe it's going to be clarified some more. Because I guess route, like route, is kind of that. Like that makes sense. Like they need to know exactly where they're gonna go, when they're gonna go, when they're gonna come back. Like just like a space mission, like mm-hmm. they don't just randomly go into space. Like they send probes for that kind of thing. Um, the qualification thing is easy enough to understand if we think about it as astronauts. Obviously, anybody who wants to go can't get up and go. Um, you have to go through rigorous training. And getting your body accustomed to the idea of zero G's and all of that. But then negotiation. I am not sure who I'm not sure. Like I'm I'm like grasping at straws, but wondering if it's just like making sure even though I feel like it would be part of qualifications, making sure they have the know how of how to communicate with foreign life and not to piss them off it's like yeah so they can come back in one piece we've already had a bad experience with aliens we need to make sure we're not sending Kansai to space 
It's like at this point, Jin probably shouldn't be the best person to go. He's, no, he shouldn't at least be. He shouldn't be the first. He he's passionate and he seems to understand things quite well, and and obviously he's he's gotten or he's understood what his desire is ever since he saw what I guess are hieroglyphics um, on a wall, probably in a, a gravesite or in a temple somewhere. And he's interpreted these hieroglyphics to mean that the people that were here before, they traveled to space and they met aliens and I guess had an exchange of ideas and cultures and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And I want to get back to where they were. Yes. And I sort of know what I need to do in order to do it. But there are so many things I want to accomplish, I guess, before I get to that. And Mm -hmm. the story he tells um, about his, I guess, his initial excavation of the ruin and how he loved the journey and the idea of completion more than he actually did completing the task. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what shaped his philosophy now and really why he's actually a bum. Uh, Because he's not really concerned as much as he was before about the end result. He's more concerned Mm -hmm. about, you know, the things a typical shonen hero is concerned about. The people I meet along the way, the fun I have while we're doing this, the people Mm -hmm. I can save um, when I come across them, that sort of thing. And I guess it's going to be interesting to see his ideas reflected in Gon. Clearly, they're very much the same sort of person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, it seems like I'm trying to theorize what's next, but Tagashi is really... He's going in his own way, like, I can't. Okay, he's... Like, anything I've read up to this point has not necessarily really prepared me for what he's doing right now. It's like all of a sudden space. It's like... Like, we've been joking about space all this time. Like, Jing's going to run away to space, and it'll be hilarious, blah, blah, blah. Like, not, like thinking that it wasn't even possible, like, even a thing in this universe. Is it does, They're not as technologically advanced as we are, and even we're not capable of um, much in terms of space travel. But even in this kind of world where all they have are um, airships for air transport... Jin still wants to find a way and it kind of hints that there is a way um, to travel mm-hmm. that the average person I guess doesn't know about and he just needs to gain permission from whoever these people are in charge of it in order to go but he's not ready to go yet and maybe he's maybe he's kind of waiting um, for gone to grow up so they could both go together. Um, who knows if he's actually that sentimental, but... Probably not. Yeah, I mean, he's like, he's basically saying, I want to go to space. Looking at your face, you probably want to go to space. Um, but I'm not going to... So I'll see you in space. But I'm not going anytime <laughs> soon. So, you know, enjoy yourself. And when you're ready, meet me in space. Mm-hmm. I'll be the one hanging out with all the bitches. Yes. <laughs> it's like, let me get these green women. It's like, let me tell you about my hero. A man named Kirk. <laughs> uh, they could just go all about that. So, there there we get our 
338 chapters in, I don't know, 12, 13 years later, we find... No, it's more than that, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, since 97 or 6. God damn it, I don't remember. It's been so long, I don't remember anymore. Hunter x Hunter. It's all about that. 15, 16 years? 98. Okay. So, so 14. About 14 years, yeah, because it started March 3rd. So it's mm-hmm. just about 14 years since Don found out who his father was, that he was still alive, and he decided he wanted to meet his father. They finally met, and they have this sort of man-to-man discussion about... I guess this is why his this was him asking... Hey, Dad, why did you run out on me? And Jin's like, okay, this is kind of abstract, um, but walk with me. And <laughs> no, there was always something I wanted. And he never, he never really makes the excuse of, I didn't decide to leave you behind. Mm-hmm. Like, it was supposed to be temporary, but of course we know that Mito was like, screw this. You know, yep. bring this kid to me and then take him away. Yeah, and I think uh, the somewhat frustrating part for me is that we know that Gon doesn't even care about his real mom, mm-hmm. and how the hell you know think how the hell Jing ever you know with his wanting to just travel and whatnot actually got you know a woman pregnant. I mean, other than you know just fucking her, but um, so you know that he actually had a relationship with a person. I I wonder about that. Because, like, he... um, He asked on the tape. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like an afterthought. He's like, hey, now that I've told you about Great Island and how to meet me, do you want to know about your mother? And he's like, if you do, you know, keep listening. And, and he pressed stop immediately. And that, that always, like you said, it, it sort of brought me pause. It made me feel sorry for this nameless woman who, for all we know, she may be a a woman like Jin, who always has to be doing something and, and always has to be traveling and would not have been capable, just like Jin would not have been capable of being a, a full-time parent. And, you know, could easily be a person who has no other family, so she couldn't drop the kid off somewhere and tell a relative, take care of this kid until I get back, so... Jin does it. I don't think it's ever explicitly said. Um, no, I don't think it is that she's alive or dead. Mm-hmm. Um, so she could be out there. I think that would be interesting um, for Gon to run into her, and or maybe she's in space, and that that's why Jin wants to go. Oh man, that would be crazy. But it's it's possible that the Gon could run into her and just. Um, Jesus, I don't even want to spoil this other show, but there's a moment when a, a little girl is running to meet her mother, and they run straight past each other. And then, of course, tragedy strikes right after that. But mm-hmm. being that he doesn't know his mother's face, it's I'm not gonna say it's possible that they've already met because I think all of the the women roughly, that he's run into, with the exception of Biscuit, have been 
pretty young. I'm not going to say they've been too young to be his mother, because um, all things are possible yep. in manga. But they generally, he would think that most of them are like older sister age at best. But it's possible they've crossed paths, and he doesn't know because he doesn't know her face. And he doesn't care. Right. But she, of course, would know his face because he looks like Jin. And, and he came out of her. Yes. Then and then and stuff so yes it I, I feel like in general you know shonen manga don't like to address the topic of parents often um because they usually die yeah so we may never know whose mother was I, we know who it isn't we know it's not mito certainly because that would be awkward <laughs> yeah that one like... that would be hard to explain to that you're a child of incest it's like she didn't know she was pregnant with you and I like, karate chopped you out. Then, like, <laughs> months later when she regained consciousness, <laughs> yeah. I returned you. And her body healed I, while she was Yeah, while she was in a coma. I returned her to you and she was none the wiser. So, you know, she adopted you and it all worked out. You grew up with your real mom while thinking she was your real mother. And she thought she wasn't, but I was messing with her all along. Or even even worse, perhaps it's like a certain electrical Batman of sorts, and his mom is actually inside of Mito. That would be weird. But it, yeah, it, it's also possible too. Now that we we've in, this idea of reincarnation has been introduced, um, obviously it can't be Mito because she's old. But yeah. It's possible that, that she has died. Um, maybe she was trying to go to space and she got killed by Chimera Ants. I don't know. Um, but maybe she's reincarnated into someone younger. Because um, if she died, we don't know when she died. And let me not even make that theory because that's just going to be weird yep. and awkward. I, you maybe probably know where I was going with that. But obviously, if, if she's died, she has to be younger. She had to have died... Um, after Gon was born. Um, when Jin brought Gon to Mito, he was not a newborn. So it's possible it would have been up to a year after he was born that mm-hmm. she died or disappeared. And I was going to make a theory, but no. Leave that alone. Yeah, that would have. That, that's. It's... As you could tell from us. Just scraping at the bottom of the barrel. It was not going to be a sexual theory at all. It's just like, we still don't know where Nanika came from and all yeah. that. But I think that would be interesting in terms of what could come up next. Obviously, we want to see what the final frontier holds. I mean, like, you still apparently have dinosaurs on this version of Earth. Yeah. Why do you want to go to space? I mean, like, I think that's crazy that, um, like, normally, you know, like, a map is just, like, an unwrapped version of of the Earth, like, of the globe. Mm-hmm. But apparently the Hunter Hunter map is just a small section of the Earth. Or unless, like, because, I mean, we saw those waves, like, unless there are space waves... Like, that's water. Yes. So that means there's way more Earth than, you know, 
what is what is uh, the norm? Yeah, it, it seems I'm trying to go back to the page um, in particular, but he tells Gon that the map that you know isn't everything to the world. And again, this may just be an awkward translation. Mm-hmm. Um, that's using the world instead of the universe. Um, he says, uh, at this world outside, and Gon asks, you know, what do you mean this world? And I think it, it's a parallel to um, the new world. Um, mm-hmm. The the idea, um, obviously, in the 15th century, um, that the world was smaller the, the average person would have believed that the world was smaller than it was and right. that to the west was an expanse and there was nothing else out there but obviously an idiot got in a boat and sailed west and discovered that there was this whole region that had never been touched by Europeans and the world was not flat well they say that that was somewhat common knowledge among Okay. the educated mm-hmm. but there was this idea of to the west there be dragons and it, it would be interesting if the world that we know as the hunter world um, sort of exists as or within a barrier if we put it like mm-hmm. that and there, there aren't people that frequently enter or exit the barrier and like maybe it works like that maybe beyond what we've seen in the map because he says it is in this world's outside and obviously that that's this translation um it could be pertaining to something outside of what we perceive as the world which is these three four five six continents a few islands obviously upside down japan um i guess that's the arctic that tiny thing Beyond uh, Antarctic, whatever. Beyond that, mm-hmm. maybe there's something on the outer ridges of that, or maybe you know it's literally the rest of the universe. Um, we probably won't know specifically until a couple chapters ahead, or if we get lucky and volume translations come off fairly quickly, then maybe we'll know if it means, um, like we've said, if we imagined where. Um, 15th century Earth, the entire world map has not been drawn out yet. And there's more out there. And Mm -hmm. at the time, they would have lacked the technology to reach the rest of the world. Um, But then they came to a point where they had ships that could travel that far. And people that were just crazy enough to do it. And obviously, the Western world, um, as opposed to um, in the minds of the Eastern world, was then discovered. And like I was saying, it, it didn't seem when we first saw the Chimera and Queen, because I never thought that by that she would have come from space. Like, like I was even rationalizing a few weeks back. It, it's like mm-hmm. she seemed like she came, obviously she came from the sea. Like, I guess um, also, um, like, when you do think about it, like when... When when the return ships come into orbit, mm-hmm. like they normally land in the ocean somewhere and then they get picked up. And when I thought about that and the queen, you know, being in the 
what being washed up from the ocean is like oh man that makes so much sense now it's, but then too like when you think about where she landed um in this east quartal mm-hmm. region in this region that's closed off for most of the rest of the world and you mm-hmm. have to obtain permission to enter it it sort of reminds me of what he, the four things he's talking about that you need um with the permission and your route and all of that you know obviously mm-hmm. if you're going to space that's very important but imagine that if there are creatures greater than humans outside mm-hmm. that are watching over the humans and you could look at it as well too um when you look at greek mythology and obviously other mythology where the gods dwell on the same earth as the humans a, a mm-hmm. human couldn't walk straight up into where the gods live um unless they were special to some degree so they would have needed permission to get up there they needed a reason to go there and then they would have to bring their ass right back down yeah but i mean it could be that the earth that we think is just within a dome and there's more on the outside or because like he says like oh oh wow but um sorry when he mm-hmm. mentions the world tree and how it it stopped growing and it sort of implies that it's being prevented from growing any further because it's not like he says it's not an old tree that's maxed out its potential it mm-hmm. and that world trees are really supposed to be so much bigger and they're supposed to extend into space maybe the idea of a dome isn't that far off but there being something preventing it from continuing to grow other than okay. like what he said explicitly which is a lack of nutrients but mm-hmm. like I said the, the easiest explanation is we are going to space um, which would be fun because a couple weeks ago we were discussing a manga where they go to space for some reason stars yeah I mean it's just uh, crazy when you think about it the possibilities are endless just like space yeah like I don't I, 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 I can't even fathom what Tagashi has for us like all I all I know is that I'm excited yeah I, I want to see where it goes and hopefully it does not take that long for us to see because yeah. this arc that I don't even remember how many years it was anymore nine no it was probably a little less than nine years but Mm-hmm. Almost a decade on the Chimera Ants arc, and I guess three thirty nine is the the period on the end of the exclamation point that was the Chimera Ants arc, mm-hmm. and now we are actually going to see something new. Yeah. So thank you for listening to episode twenty four of the unofficial Hunter Hunter podcast. I have been Dame Doctor Foxy Brown, and. He, I'm bullet base. Yep. And let us know what you think of this episode. Obviously, I think seeing from the comments that we're posting about this chapter, they also have no idea what's going on. So it's it's gonna be fun to see all of that together. So again, keep commenting, email us when you feel like yes. it. 
Yeah. Oh, San San Diego, your well wishes and whatnot. Or I guess that's cool. Or send a eulogy. That would be interesting. Yeah. Send. Oh, yeah. Send your favorite just Diego moment and send your condolences to us. Or or an as we knew him. I think that would be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, yes. it's all very morose, but whatever. Um, that that's how we roll. This is this is how we cope. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye.